powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN. This is episode 26, fourth season for the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Season's greetings to all. Joining us today on the podcast will be TSN play-by-play caller Gord Miller, who's got a real busy season coming up, as you would know better than anyone, Ray. He's got the World Junior Championship, which you love. Still do, but you'll love it more as a fan, maybe. You've got Gord, who's flying all over the place, True. doing NHL games, going back east to do the the World Juniors. So we'll talk to Gord about the upcoming World Juniors, of course. But, you know, a special event, which Gord Miller has been heavily involved in organizing, is the exhibition set up between the universities out west, the University of Saskatchewan, University of Calgary, University of Alberta, and the U of M. The University mm-hmm. of Manitoba are playing four exhibition games against the Ukrainian national team. And the Ukrainian national team mm-hmm. is in North America, or will be soon, because they're going to the Winter University Games in Lake Placid. So a nice tune-up, but a nice international show and uh, an opportunity yeah. to raise a little bit of money for those who need it in Ukraine. So Gord will stop by to talk about this. By the way, are you done your Christmas shopping? Pretty close. We're recording here on cool. th- yeah. Thursday morning. I'm just down to a few of the few of the stocking stuffer thingamajiggies. Yeah. That's that's usually a one stop shop. So I can yeah. uh I can piece that together pretty good. And you know you know what was a good tip I got many, many years ago because you gotta make the stocking look full. You're right. Magazines. Oh. They take up a little bulk. Now of course they're what are you going to do now? Put it like a e-certificate in there <laughs> that doesn't take up any room. I need something with volume to fill that up. So I'm, yeah, I got one one stop left. How about you? Yeah, pretty close. You know, as the kids get older, I don't know. Do they get easier or harder to shop for? I find my son Mason is is easier because he's got so many interests outside, literally outside you know, fishing, all of those things. So, you know, you can you can quickly expand your gift list there. Where I struggle, Ray, I don't know if you're the same with Cammy, is with Holly, you know, because we look around our house if we want something or if I need something, I just go get something, right? So you have to put some thought into those. Well, games. we've, over the last couple of years, we've like, you know, we, we realized we're, we're pretty lucky, right? And, you know, there's, needs and wants are a lot different and so we just we're like okay if you need or would or something that would make your day better that's what Mm -hmm. we'll go get if not it's it's pretty pretty small pretty small stuff for us but the the there were years though that were like i'm like me and four thousand other men are in the mall on (laughs) december 24th all in the same good (laughs) are you getting that one good yeah some guy you don't even know are you getting that one so Mm, we just uh it'll it'll be quick but the the kids i think the kids as they get older they get kind of easy because you know their interests get kind of honed in yeah it just it doesn't get cheaper oh man you took the words right out of my mouth it gets more expensive in fact in a big way i'm just glad my kids are through all of the xbox and and ps5 six seven eights and all of yeah we're not we're not quite through that yet but but yeah. Riley's moving into a different phase here, and we're like, oh, boy. <laughs> All right, let's uh, charge through headlines. A few items to sort through in episode 26 of Ray and Riggs. Headlines, every episode are brought to you by our good pals at Boston Pizza. So thank you to Boston Pizza. Connor McDavid scores his 29th goal of the year. 
So the question is an obvious one, right? The Oilers have 48 games remaining. McDavid has said all along that scoring 50 wasn't, you know, a huge thing to him. Of course, it's a career achievement. I mean, scoring 50 historically is, has been a milestone for so many great players. It looks to me like Connor McDavid is going to get 50. It's not going to be easy. He's got 21 to go in 48, but does it feel like a tap into you or slightly longer than that? Unless he leaves his sticks outside in the Edmonton winter and they <laughs> freeze and crack and break, I just, he, he scores virtually every game. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, of course the numbers don't tell you that, but it's like, it feels like he scores every game. I, I think he's, I think he's just so good. Like he does. He scores now a little differently, too. It's not just, you know, where he blazes by everybody. And although he does that lots of times, too. But he does. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm not going to say tap in because 50 is such a big number, but he's got like a three footer. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, there wouldn't be many players who play professionally, let alone in the, the greatest league in the world, the National Hockey League, who give up at varying points of the game. But the oil can be down two, three, four, nothing. And McDavid will all of a sudden go pop, pop. Like he just, you know, he finds a way to turn games. So I, I'm with you. Now what about the Minnesota Wild, man? Mm -hmm. I mean, they've won six straight as we record episode 26 here Thursday morning. What's most remarkable, it's not that they're, they're winning games. It's how finely tuned Dean Evason, the coach of the Minnesota Wild, has this club defensively. I think I, I saw this morning, they've given up six goals rate in six games. Now, the goaltending's been good. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. But that's got to put a smile on the coach's face, right? When you're that sound defensively, and then the other parts of your game start to come together with it. Oh, coaches love the defensive side way more than the players, yeah. which is <laughs> which is always the argument or, or the debate back and forth. And, you know, at start of the year, Flurry had a really tough go. Mm -hmm. um, they had just brought in Philip Gustafson from Ottawa, Nobody was really sure what he was going to be like. He's won six straight, I think, right now. He's been terrific. What's interesting to me is they're one of the teams you can look at and say their identity is this, and you can yeah. define it. You know, they're physical. They're fast. They When, they, when they're playing well, they're, they're suppressing shots, for the most part, from the middle of the ice, and they, they just don't give up a lot of goals. I find it really interesting drags you know it's just a couple of years past the suitor parisi buyouts mm -hmm. and they knew that there was going to be sometimes they were going to get kicked in the pants here about their cap you know they had to let cam talbot go and so they bring in a, a goalie making seven hundred and sixty two thousand dollars in philip gustafson like they yeah. had to do it you know they had to let kevin fiala go that's a that's a game breaker you know and they Huge had to let him go so i mean they're they're doing it on a little bit of a cramped in budget but the the other part to it too is they're starting to get a little healthier again and as they get a little healthier right. they just got ryan hartman back uh they become more of what they want to be that's that's a yeah. good team they're a hard out well and, and you talk about gustafson and you know borrowing from the low rent district financially through need uh, another name that jumps off that page for me is sam Steele. you know i mean right. kudos to billy garen he signs them on a one-year deal at 850000 this guy's on the power play. He's on the penalty kill. He's got good hustle. And, and just another example in the NHL of a player that needs a little bit more time to find his way, right, to be a good pro. 30th pick of the draft, first-round pick, mm -hmm. right? So if you're in the 20 to 40 range, to me, those players kind of go up and down all over the place, you know, in rankings and where they get drafted. So there's even more wild card 
ish to those players. So yeah. Steele was a really good player in Winnipeg, I believe, in the Western Hockey League, and gets drafted and just not there. He's not mm-hmm. he's not able to play. And so you know, you mentioned Billy Guerin. I'm going to mention a group of people that are the most anonymous of the of organization, and that's the pro scouts. Yeah, good call. They all if people don't understand how a pro scout works. If I hire Darren Drager to be my pro scout, I give you six or so teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get six, those same six teams, you get their American mm-hmm. League affiliate. So if I'm looking for a player, I say, hey, Darren, is there anybody on your six teams? Yeah. Of course, you're filing you know, reports all the time, but I go, is there anybody on your six teams? What about, so they would have asked whoever their Anaheim pro scout is, what do you think <laughs> Sam Steele? He's a free agent. And he would have given them report. They would have. So Billy Guerin can only watch so much. This guy, yeah. this pro scout would have watched Sam Steele 20 times last year, wherever he was playing, if it was the American League or the NHL. And they would mm-hmm. have had a book on him going back since he was drafted. Then the amateur scouts would have had a book on Sam Steele when he was an, right. a, an amateur. So that whole process comes to fruition. And yeah, let's sign him for a one-year UFA deal. And now he's centering their top line. When Hartman went out, they tried a couple of different guys. Yeah, and then they they put Steele there, two pretty good players, but you still got to be able to play there with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. But man, he's done a fantastic job for him. He's given that's found money for Minnesota. Mm, completely agree. All right, opposite side of the spectrum here, are the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, by design, they're they're not a very good club. I mean, they're they're in rebuild mode. This is a hell of a they, design right here. Yeah, cool. hint, eight straight losses. No one's surprised by that. I don't think so. When you look at that roster and you see the big pieces that you see, and of course that means Patrick Kane and that means Jonathan Taves. And I suppose if you want to throw Seth Jones in that mix, you can. It's just Jones has seven years left on a $76 million contract with a full no-move clause across the board. So he's more complicated. The other two in Kane and Taves um, are expiring contracts. We nibble at the speculation around Kane and Taves, and there's no reason to do more than that at the moment because we don't know what Kane and Taves are thinking, and they too will control their destiny this season and where they want to land moving forward. Um, So in saying all that, when do you think we see the legit trade speculation of of those two big boys, Kane and Taves, heat up? I'm going to say the end of this month, uh, end of January. Okay. And I think they move prior to the deadline. I think we've seen so many examples, Dregs, of players that go, prominent players that get traded at the, right at the deadline, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Especially when those prominent players have been in one place for a long time. They need, as you get older, you kind of build your routine. And these guys, Kane and Taves, have never gone to a game outside of it in Chicago. Yeah, They've never done it. So if they go to wherever, they don't know where to go eat. They don't know how to get to the rink. I remember getting traded. and. At the deadline to St. Louis, I couldn't find my way from the hotel where I was staying to the rink. And I was like, every day was like, a. as soon as I'd see that exit going into the arena downtown, I was like, oh, thank goodness, I found it. So I think that's why a little earlier. But man, just thinking, they it was so obvious what their goal was of this year. You know, they trade to Brinkett. They let Kirby Doc go for virtually nothing. I right? I, like, I never did understand that. It, both of those guys at their age, their part they, they would have fit nicely in the they, they really they would have been their they would have been their older veteran guys at twenty two yeah. and three and four years old. But 
Yeah. Anyway, they didn't do it. I think they've lost 17 out of 18 right now. And oh boy, if you're yeah. if you're if you're trying to catch Chicago in that turtle derby, you're gonna have to be really bad. <laughs> well, look, you know, we won't do it today because we're gonna have ample time to sort through all of this, but we will give some thought over the holidays to where we see Patty Kane or Jonathan sure. Taves being a good fit. And we'll circle back in the new year on that. All right. Why don't we wrap up headlines with kind of a funny incident as the week started. And I did this game. It was uh, the Toronto Maple Leaf game on Tuesday against the Tampa Lightning. And things got a little feisty near the end of the, the first period. And, you know, shockingly to no one, Michael Bunting was very involved in that game, scored a goal, drew penalties, kind of a typical bunting game. So there's an exchange late in that first. He gets slashed by Sergachev in the neutral zone, so you can understand he's pissed off. And I think it was Belmar went after Marner right at the end, and we don't see the hit, but bunting takes exception to it, so there's a bit of a skirmish. Anyway, Dan Kelly is a young NHL linesman doing what? I think a linesman should do. I mean, he he wants to try and de-escalate this situation as quickly as possible. So how do you do that? You remove kind of the source of the problem. And, well, Manny would say that could be Michael Bunting. So he tries to get him off the ice. And I'm sure people have seen the video of this. Forcefully, aggressively, maybe too excessively pushes him off the ice. And what, what makes this story unique aside from that, because you don't often see that the officials manhandle NHL players mm. is that Dan Kelly is a former player, right? He spent all of his pro time in the American League. Bunting acknowledged after the game that he and Dan Kelly have played against each other in the American Which is crazy, League. isn't it? <laughs> it's it's a bit strange. Sure. And this is also the guy you remember that laid out Andreas Janssen, who was playing for the Toronto Marlies. And I think Dan Kelly got suspended. It was like that forearm shiver mm. and knocked him cold. So there's there's some colorful background to the whole Dan Kelly resume, if you will. But was too much made of the three, four seconds that took place here? Or, well, or was it, in your mind, as I describe, aggressive and too excessive? Well, it, it is because what happens if in that aggressiveness, three or four seconds, bunting kind of the switch flips and he shoves the linesman? Yeah. Now Bunting suspended forever. Well, not forever. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a, a hefty, hefty games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to get a hefty suspension. From Dan Kelly's perspective, however, if he's not strong enough with uh, with Bunting, and Bunting gets away and gets back into the pack, oh boy, he's going to hear about it. You got a mess. Yeah. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous because as soon as Bunting would get back towards the pack of players, Tampa's responding with everybody on the ice, and you've got. You've got something that's out of hand. I, I'm assuming Stephen Walkham and the and supervisor of that game, whomever it was, will talk to Kelly about maybe a different way of going about it. Guaranteed. Yeah. And and that's really the best you can do. Like everybody always looks for the perfect solution and in a in a game of with emotion and stuff, yeah. it, there's gonna be times where it just it's not it's not as tidy as you want. And uh if I were if I'm just playing that thing in my incident in my in my mind here didn't the door open right at the same time yeah 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 yeah. so if the door's closed maybe bunting goes straight back up against the glass as opposed to he just pins them there right? and pins them there as opposed to popping down the hall or you know losing balance because there's nothing behind you it was a sure don't see that very often that's for sure I loved it because it gave me something to talk about in the intermission. It's all about very selfish. That has to always be about me. All right. Those are your headlines. Thanks again to Boston Pizza. As you know, our interviews on Ray and Dregs this year brought to you by 
Canadian Club Whiskey, who are asking, are you over beer? Why not try a refreshing CC, ginger ale, toss in a lime next time you're having a drink or watching a game. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out of home, and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right, pleased to welcome back Gord Miller from TSN to the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. And it's not unusual, Gord, for you to join us on the podcast, nor is it unusual for you to join us from a hotel room. So where are you? Halifax, Moncton, getting ready for the World Juniors, I trust. I'm in Moncton. I'll be driving to Halifax today. It's been a bit of a busy couple of days. I was here Monday for a game. Mm Mm-hmm. Flew to Toronto Tuesday morning to the game there Tuesday night. My cabbie, my cabbie did a 270, 345 a.m. into a snowbank in Moncton on my way to the airport. Um, ben, flew, ben flew back here yesterday, did a doubleheader yesterday, drive to Halifax today, doubleheader there tomorrow. And then I hear there's a tournament afterwards. Hey, so you're driving today. Like, how are you going to do it without me there to give you guidance? Well, Ray, I'm going to drive towards the Atlantic Ocean. And I think I'll be able to find it. And with all due respect, Ray, I love you dearly. My life is much less stressful. In fact, Mike Johnson said to me the day, Gord, I, I know how to get places. You, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, well, as you know, one of the worst things Gord ever assumed that I knew was direction. Like he would yeah. tell me for a long period of time, Ray, out of the hotel, head north, Gord, left or right. Mm. North, no chance. I get no chance. Johnny finds places. He can do these things. So I said, I said, I said, your parking's over there. Your, your parking lot's over there. He says, I know, Gord. I parked my car there. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> see, but this is the thing. I, it's a can't lose, right? Because Gord feels good when he's in control. Gord is a very controlling no, person. Yes, you Ray, are. And Ray, you feel good because you're making Gord feel good because he's leading the charge here. No, and no, you don't I have feel to stress great. about it. I feel good because I know I can't get to where I'm going. <laughs> well, there's that too. The toughest part about following Gord is that he has this enormously long stride. And you may notice I'm not that tall. No, and no. so within about seven strides, he's he's like the when the kid's following his dad in Home Alone. I can't tell if there's another guy of his size up there. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're dad, you're, what, Ray, what Ray used to do is what my daughter Blair would do is a sit down strike. I'd be, we were, we were in New York one day and I was blazing down 8th <laughs> Avenue. And I look back and Ray's just standing two blocks back with his iron folded going like, Eventually, he's going to notice I'm not there. I can't do it. I can't keep up. I also love the walks to the rink, right? Because Ray has a tendency to break into a sweat about 15 feet after leaving the hotel. So you got to slow the pace down so that he's not leaking like an old tractor by the time he gets to the rink. Except he's like Ray's in really good shape. Like Ray's in better better shape than I am. Get that. I, I, eat. I don't get that. Like, how come? How come you're? How come you're Mount Vesuvius after half a block? And I'm fine. Like, well, that makes sense. I'll tell you. The other day, Matt and I, my oldest son, were shoveling the driveway, which, of course, in Vancouver is quite an event. And he was, "You're doing this all wrong. You should not sweat shoveling the driveway." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "You're right, but 
I pick up the snow once and I can feel it like coming down <laughs> my neck. I'm like, it's ridiculous. You know what? I know a guy who um, <laughs> we work with who peeks into a full sweat when he eats. It's Come the on, weird, man. like, oh no, well, he's that's like, maybe he a slowdown thing, isn't it? He gets he gets the full glow going, like the frisbees and the, the whole thing. Like he, yeah, when he eats, it's a it's an ordeal for him. What happened to your uh, What happened to your credential? Well, so here it is. Uh, the doc, doc, we know Dr. Phil from USA Hockey, Phil Johnson. He's yep. a wonderful guy. First met him, I think, 2000 at the World Junior. So it's his last one. So we want to do a picture outside the USA dressing room. So I take off your credential, as you do for a photo, pose for the photo. And I walk away with my credential. Now, never do that, especially with those hooligans, no. those hooligans like Dave Fisher from USA Hockey and Phil. So they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they turned me into Gino Retta. It is a pretty solid It's stash. It's pretty close. It's, it's not it's really, bad. I got to say, as far as vandalism goes, this is top drawers. This is top level vandalism. This is Fantastic. <laughs> so I, All right. I, don't think I, I don't think I want a new one. So I'm just going to go with this. Just leave it. Just leave it. We, we'll talk about the visit of the Ukrainian national team, Gord, which you were a big part of swinging through Western Canada, playing the Canada West University, Saskatchewan, Calgary, U of A, and University of Manitoba in a moment. But since you're in Moncton, let's focus on the World Junior Tournament coming up on TSN. I don't know. I mean, what's the most compelling storyline for you? Is it is it Shane Wright and what he's going to be able to accomplish? Connor Bedard? I mean, something bigger internationally? What are you looking at going in? I, I wonder if this is the maybe the best Canadian team ever. Oh, wow. Like, I most dominant. I don't know if they will be or not, but they've got a chance. Mm -hmm. I mean, they... This team is loaded offensively. I mean, they get three NHL players. I think they've got a chance. I mean, I think the 05 team is the most dominant team ever. That was Crosby, Bergeron, Perry, Carter, Getzlaff, Richards, Weber, you name it. Yeah. Oh yeah. eight was pretty good. This team, I mean, their defense is enormous. It looks like an NHL defense. Um, you've got high-end scores, NHL players, Bedard, Fantilli, who'll go one, two in the draft. I mean, I this is a really, really good team on paper. Now, Ray, we saw it in the bubble in Alberta, 2021, a very good Canadian team losing the gold medal game to the U.S. Mm -hmm. like, now, the U.S., now, Gord, yesterday, you know, I watched about half of the game against Sweden, and either the Swedes weren't very good or the U.S. looked way better. Yeah. Like, can the U.S. compete with Canada again? They, I mean, that looked like a pretty highly skilled group. You know, the U.S. has a ton of guys who can return next year. They got a lot of 18-year-olds, so mm -hmm. this tends to be a 19-year-old tournament. But I would say this, uh, Luke Hughes, I think, has a chance to be a dominant player in this tournament. Mm. I, I mean, the kind of player that you walk away and go, he was the best player there right. by a lot. And Ray, we've seen that before. We've seen it before. We walk out and say, that guy was the best player. Sebastian Ajo was like that, right? In Finland. Yeah. So I think Luke Hughes has a chance to do that for the U.S. When without Russia there again, yeah, where does the tournament get interesting? Where, you know, usually you can look and go, oh, there's four or five teams that are at that top end. Yeah. Is is there that or yeah. it, is it a, a a different year? Yeah, I, I don't think we didn't see a few of the Swedes' best players didn't play in the game mm -hmm. yesterday. So we haven't really seen Sweden yet. The Finns are really good. The Finns look very good. Uh, Aren't they something? Yeah, they, they just, they just have it, don't they? Yeah. They've got it nailed. And the U.S., I think, has a very good team. But it's a different dynamic about Russia, no question. Um, I don't think it was arguing they should be here, but it's it's different without them, for sure. Yeah. Now, they haven't won it since 2011, but mm -hmm. but they're but they're a good team. Uh, so, But I think the Finns, Swedes, and U.S. have a chance to be really good. I mean, Logan Cooley is a really good player. I, I think what's interesting is 
when you look at the guys in this past draft that have gone back, either play college or junior or, or play back in Europe, and the kind of confidence, like Logan Cooley looks like a supremely confident player. Mm-hmm. Any similarity to Beniers? You know, it's funny. I was thinking that yesterday a little bit, yeah. Because I think, I think just in terms of jump you see, you know, when you don't see them for a year or you don't see them for a period mm-hmm. of time, he just looks right. like a, a more confident, you know, I saw him, what, four months ago? But just a way more confident with the puck. And, and Ray, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, like guys that are willing to hold on for a second and make a play. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Make a play. Logan Cooley is making plays all the time. I, we'll move uh, on. Oh, go ahead. Uh, just one last one for yeah. me, I would say, for people watching. We, you know, Gord's done this tournament really forever, but just what we saw year after year is don't take the snapshot of the two weeks and yeah. cement your view of the player, both yeah. good or bad. Yeah. Like, I, I'll never yeah. forget watching Nathan McKinnon at this tournament. I told him last year when I saw him, or actually it was on our podcast, that he looked like a peewee player. Remember, he was wearing the cage, yeah. and, and and I was like, he, he didn't even look. I'm like, this is Nathan McKinnon. And yeah. then 18 months later, he's in the NHL. And remember, remember, we, met, remember we met Johnny Gaudreau? Yeah, yeah. That whole team oh, was yeah. so good, but he was just so tiny. We, we saw we saw Aho in 20, whatever year that was, 2014, I think it was, or maybe 2016. And we saw him like stretching before the game. We're like, that's Aho? At, like mm-hmm. he looked like a 13 year old. He like, he just, He's, and you're, so if you make that snapshot yeah. of these kids yeah. at, for these two weeks, you're, you're, you're wrong. And it's the same, because, as, it's the same as the draft, yeah. right? It's the yeah, same as the draft. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter where you get picked. It's, it's a, it's a signpost along the way and it's a long journey. So we'll, we'll wrap up the world juniors with this Gord. I mean, obviously there's no comparison to what went on in August, the world junior championship is not an August event. It's yeah. not an August tournament. And we, as as a, a consumer, as a fan, look forward to it during the holiday season. So yeah. does it feel as normal? Yeah, it does. It really does. I mean, everywhere you go out here in Moncton, people are talking about it. Capacity crowds for the Canada pre-tournament games. We're going to Halifax where it's completely sold out. You know, there's lots of buzz. It's it's the, hol- as you talk about, it's the holidays. It, it feels like, you know, 2020 was a bubble. 21 was... You know, again, you know, sorry, yeah, 21 was a bubble. Sorry, 22 was postponed. So we're we're kind of into a more normal um, how it feels in Canada, a little bit like, you know, Vancouver and, and Victoria in 2019. But but also, I think, you know, I was here 20 years ago when the tournament was played here in smaller communities where there's no NHL team, right? We're, we're in the non-NHL market for the first time in a long time. And this is mm-hmm. the focus, like everywhere you go, <laughs> everywhere you go. That's awesome. All right, let's shift gears. So the Ukrainian national team is swinging through Western Canada in the near future. I believe, what, the first game is December 30th, right, in Saskatoon? So that'll be the Ukrainian national team versus the University of Saskatchewan. The Ukrainian national team coming to North America in preparation for the Winter University Games in Lake Placid. So take us back to, was it a summer conversation how no. did you get involved and and how did this all come together yeah, the, because the, it's a great idea and yeah. it's going to be a great exhibition yeah. so, so what happened was last year at this time the ukrainian ice hockey federation had a delegation come to canada to do some coaching clinics some exchange work trying to build their program in ukraine and they were they, they went to manitoba they met with executives mm-hmm. in hockey manitoba they came to ontario and i and i hooked them up with meetings with people uh, you know, we have connections. And, and so they could talk to people about development in their country. Obviously, the war has changed a lot of things. Uh, in August at the World Junior at Edmonton, I was with an executive from the Ukrainian Federation who said they had qualified for these World University Games the year before, which is a huge accomplishment for them. But now they didn't think they could play. How do you get a team together? Where do they practice? All of this. 
We're talking through it. Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Oilers, and, and uh, Brad Holland, the assistant GM, were there. They came over and said hi. We were talking, and uh, and we were sort of fleshing out some ideas. And Jay said, you should call Ian Herbers, former Oilers assistant coach. He's now the head coach of the U of A. Good idea. I know Ian, so I gave him a call. He said, we're having a conference call next week with our coaches. Why don't you jump on? Okay. So I get on the conference <laughs> call with him, and they're like, yeah, we'll do it. And now, I remember, they've got a holiday break, then they've got tight schedules. So we're we're on this call. Okay, you can do this then. You can do it here. You can do it then. So we're working through it. And uh, and then, you know, so, okay, we set a schedule. How do we get the team here? We need corporate partners. Now, Ray knows, if you look at our list of cor- corporate partners, it's a pretty direct line of <laughs> people that I know. So, <laughs> so I reached out to, to Tim Hortons, Sobeys, Bell, Sporting Life, all of them, and they all jumped on board. Then I got a tech, Mark Chip and I got talking, the owner of the Jets, and Mark said, how can we help? I said, well, you know, if you can promote it, your rink, that'd be great. Uh, maybe do a 50-50 draw. He said, what about using our rink for the game? I said, well, we can't afford to rent an NHL rink. He said, no, we'll, we'll handle that. I said, well, wow. what about you know, selling tickets and an NHL rink for this? And he said, great line. He said, I thought you knew Manitoba better than that. So the, wow. the thing that's amazing, I wake up every morning and I've got like 50 emails on this or voicemails or whatever else. And most of it is, how can we help? What can we do? And and it's it's been incredible. I mean, the the company that provides buses to NHL teams has, is is giving us buses at a discount. One of the corporate partners, I sent them a pitch. You know, you have to send them something in paper. Ask for a certain amount of money. They said, "Oh, we'll give you more than that." You know, <laughs> the Ukrainian communities in in Edmonton, Saskatoon, and Winnipeg are having dinners for the team because it's Ukrainian Christmas coming up in early January. It's just right. I you know, there's there's lots of reason to be cynical these days, and I get it about a lot of things. There's way more good in the world than bad more good people than bad people. And and I'm just astonished that, you know, these athletic directors at these universities had it dumped on their lap by their coaches. Oh yeah, we're playing the Ukrainian under 25 team. We need the rank. We need this, this. Okay. Like not, no, he didn't go through the process. No, he didn't fill out the right paperwork. It's just amazing the, the outreach. And uh, it's funny because it got to the point where I've, I've had to sort of build a fence around the team because the Oilers, Flames, and Jets are going to have a 50-50 draw. One of their games over the holidays, and the money's going to go to the Canada-Ukraine Foundation, which does tremendous work for humanitarian aid in Ukraine. And some of the money's going to go to Save Ukraine Hockey Dream, which is keeping kids playing hockey in Ukraine and keeping the national teams going. And so the Oilers are, are playing on January 5th. The Ukrainian community's having a dinner for them on the 4th. The Oilers say, let us have come to our game and be our guests. I'm like, I can't. I got to get them to Winnipeg. Well, can't they stay in there? I said, Winnipeg needs them. You know, I, I can't, they can't be everywhere at once. Like the Flames are going to host the team on, on December 31st at their game. The Jets wow. are going to host them on January 7th at theirs. Hoosley Choir, the great choir, we've ever seen them yeah. before, are phenomenal Winnipeg. They're going to sing. The Shumka Dancers are going to perform in Edmonton and Calgary. Like it's just, it's just amazing how people just literally call you up and say, heard about this. What can we do? Chimo pierogies. You know, what can we do? <laughs> like it's just like every morning you wake up and look, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There's lots of challenges here. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I was on a Zoom call with the Ukrainian Federation the other day. One of the executives has their kids at the, at the office sheltering in the basement. They've had no yeah. power there for the last, I was just on a call with them this morning. They've had no power for five days, mm-hmm. no running water. So as much as we celebrate the resilience of Ukrainians and their unity and their strength and the plucky underdog, I think we need to remember that they're suffering and they need our help. Agreed. They need our help. And so, the Canada-Ukraine Foundation is going to benefit from this and put that towards humanitarian aid. And in a smaller sense, a bunch of Ukrainian hockey players, if you had said to these kids in September, you're going to be the guests of honor at National Hockey League games 
Mm-hmm. And you're going to play a game in a National Hockey League arena. They would have been more likely to agree with you if you'd said you're going to fly to the moon. <laughs> Given their circumstances, that is so yeah. far off their radar that I think it's Gord, just, when are when are they coming, Gord? When's when are they 29th. arriving? They arrive on the 29th to Saskatoon. There's a big dinner for them on the, that night when they get in. And uh, they're going to see the prairies the way you you guys did, the way we all have, through the yeah. window of a bus. And so they're going <laughs> to. And uh, where are the kids playing? Like, where are they playing uh, right now? Well, some of them are. Some of them are in the Army. So some of them are. So the younger ones, like under 18, are playing around places in Europe. Some of them are in North America. Uh, uh, others are in the military. Uh, and others have been giving dispensation to play professionally in other countries. Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, has made it a priority that Ukrainian national teams keep playing. He doesn't want Ukraine to disappear from the national from the international stage. And he wants their domestic teams playing. So the Ukrainian Soccer League and the Ukrainian Hockey League are playing. Imagine this. You know, there are 10 arenas in Ukraine that are, you know, top level. Yeah. A number of them are being used as morgues. Oh, boy. So it's, you know, I'm sorry to, you know, but that's that's the truth. That's the fact. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're bringing their six pro teams on weekends into this one, into one arena, and they're playing basically a tournament over the weekend. That's how they're playing their schedule. So. It's, uh, I, I gotta say, like, when uh-huh. you, you know, it was funny. We were on a, we were on a Zoom call the other day and, and a guy from Canada who understandably just wants to get stuff done. So I need an email on this. And the person from Ukraine said, we've had no power for three days. I'll, I'll get to it. I promise. Yeah. Right. Phenomenal. Well, Gord, well, I, I, I saw a little bit of this. Um, we had, uh, gosh, it's a few years now. We were sitting in the Delta hotel in, in the restaurant and the Ukrainian hockey federation was there. They were, it was just prior to the the pandemic and the war, I believe. And I think it was that timing. And Dmitry Kristich was there, old, old teammate of mine with the LA Kings, but you had already connected and they were there on a fundraising uh, information gathering trip. Yeah. And then yeah. shortly thereafter, things turned left. And yeah. so you've been involved with, with this and supported them awesome. uh, for a long, long time. It's been really remarkable, the your commitment to this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know, you guys know being at the World Championship and the World Junior and other international events, the best thing about it is the community of hockey. Yeah. I think that's the best. The thing I love most about international hockey, aside from being on the road with you guys, is the community, is, is sitting down in a, in a, you know, in a, in the hospitality and, and talking to all your friends from different countries who are, you know, yeah. like my daughter grew up with these people, <laughs> you know, they're, they're all saying to me, Hey, is Blair coming? <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think that's the best thing about the game is the, is the community of it. And, I, and I'm seeing it firsthand here. Well, good for you. Such a huge undertaking, such an incredible cause. We'll do our small part in any fashion that we can. Again, game one is December 30th, Ukrainian national team in Saskatoon. And the last game is January 9th. So, Ray, why don't we have Gord back on early in the new year? And I'm sure we'll see pictures on TSN and uh, globally because... It's a major event. So congratulations, Gord, on the work you've done. And uh, it's not much of a holiday season for you, but you're used to it, right? Well, so. the, the good news is I don't have Ray. Badger, where, where was rosters ready yet? Are the rosters? Oh, I was so, just thinking. I was just thinking. Yeah. When are you going to get on the rosters? You got to get so, going. So here. you know what used to happen is I would type up the rosters and print out yeah. a copy for Ray, and then Blair would deliver it to Ray's room. So of course. she was downstairs having breakfast while I was doing rosters. And she came back up and said, Uncle Ray wants to know when the Slovakia <laughs> roster is going to be ready. And I said, you tell Uncle Ray. And, that, and, that's, and that's where Blair first learned profanity. Yeah. <laughs> you the, tell uh, your Uncle Ray. Yeah. This is, uh, just get yourself to Halifax, do the yeah. doubleheader, 
and then start digging in on those rosters, which job, job. You know the, let's get at it. You know what is one of real time sake? This is like this is not <laughs> this is not a stretch. So Gord doesn't get the final rosters till Christmas Day. The tournament starts the next day. And it's always it's always a a bonus for Gord when the final roster comes and a team has changed eleven of the numbers and he's gonna change all the <laughs> rosters around. Oh, I'm in my room waiting for him to finish because I don't know how to do any of this uh, stuff. So no, no. Well, right, listen, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to all of you and your podcast viewers slash listeners, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. Yeah, happy Merry Christmas, holidays. Gord. We'll look forward to listening to you. See you guys. You know, Ray, Gord Miller loves himself a nice glass of whiskey. Yes, he does. We've we've shared on more than one occasion at some of these international events. So always neat. Always neat. Yeah. So it's fitting. So we'd like to raise a glass of the Flying Chronicles series, CC to Gord Miller for joining us today. Presented by Canadian Club Whiskey and a reminder, the Final Chronicle series, the 45-year-old release is now available everywhere. It is worth it. Make the investment. And, uh, you know, Gord amazes me. He's one of those guys, and, and we've traveled extensively with Gord. He just never stops. And it's not just about the travel, right? I'd, I'd like to be inside that man's brain because he's always thinking about something. And, yeah, of course, you know, he's deeply invested in the World Junior Championship. That's part of what he does. He loves all the international competition. But for him to dive into the project, Ray, of bringing the Ukrainian national team over to North America, to Canada, for that exhibition series out west, that's kind of typical of Gord and how connected he is internationally. People probably don't know this. He's in the international, uh, the IIHF Hall of Fame. And here's an example of reason as to why he's been recognized internationally. There's probably a lot of people that are, that are connected you know, that, that no other people and Gord's been around the international events for 20 years, 25 years. Yeah. And he knows people, he remembers them, he stays in touch. But the one thing that separates Gord, he will get involved. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's one thing to be connected and you can trade a hello in the, you know, in the, in the food room where we, where we go to eat between games, but like for him to dive in here and, you know, whether it was happenstance or not, it just started out of an innocent conversation. But hmm. my goodness, the the hours and the time and the stress and the and the workarounds that you have to do to just even get this thing off the ground. Gord Gord loves to be involved and he gets things done. He he really does. He's his satisfaction out of this will be seeing what the those players from the Ukraine get out of it. That will that will mean a lot. And it'll it's a tremendous event for these for these young guys to to come over and get an opportunity to maybe forget about the the real issues in their country, but also to just to to play the game they love. All right, our final pre-Christmas check-in with Chris Abbott is a presentation of Botano.ca, available now in Ontario. Botano, the game starts now. World Junior Championship, huge event, obviously. It looks like, for anyone who's watching on our YouTube channel, that you've safely made it home to Newfoundland, correct? You good to Did, go? Yeah. How was the flight? I, no no issues? Everything man, was hunky-dory? Yeah, absolutely perfect. Got upgraded wow. at the gate, man. Oh. It, was, it was great. It was unbelievable. Everything perfect. And I was lucky because I know there's been a whole lot of travel uh, disruptions across the country. 
And my buddy was supposed to come from from Pearson as well a few hours later, and his flight got canceled, and he doesn't know uh, when he's going to get out here. So it's it's hit and miss, of course, but all good. Back on the East Coast where uh, they're playing the World Junior Championship. Yeah, good for you. I'm glad you're home with family. All right. Canada heavily favored at the World Juniors. We talked to Gord Miller, and he, he made a pretty bold statement suggesting this is the best Canadian team potentially ever. So there's got to be a decent line on Canada. Well, in that case, I, I'd be running to the book because they're about even money, minus Ooh. 110, minus 115. If they're better than the 2006 team, then I guess we're going to have a lot of blowouts on our hand and we'll be playing the spreads uh, individually in games. But that's that's a pretty bold statement, Ray. You've it seen is. a lot of those. You've seen a lot of those teams, Ray. What was? I guess I should listen to the podcast to find <laughs> out. But I'm curious to get your reaction. Why? Well, I have a tough time, uh, honestly, looking and remembering a specific team and to, to be able to compare one team to a team 15 years ago is, you know, but that 06 team or, Our, you know, 05, yeah. the 05, I think it was with Crosby and those guys. Crosby was just a kid, was, yeah. right? And uh, it, it was it was just so dominant in North Dakota. They just blasted everybody off the ice. And uh, high-end ability, though, of Canada makes me wonder like you know can can teams hang with them i watched the u.s a little bit yesterday i was pretty impressed with mm. with the united states too so we'll see and they're you know and there <laughs> there's always some uh unpredictability to a teenager's tournament but they look they look like they're uh like they're really great there's a couple of ways to bet this too right like um for example, at Botano, we've got what they're calling the dual forecast, which is pick the final, basically. Nice. Canada versus the U.S. is plus 250. Canada versus Finland, plus 300. Canada versus Sweden, plus 400. Canada's the top three to to get in the final game. So here's what you could look at it that way, or you could say, am I going to get better than even money or minus 110 on Canada in the final? Probably not. So we think they're going to get there. Maybe betting them now is to win is the best thing to do. All right. Let's check out our Ray and Dregs game of the week in the National Football League. And just full disclosure, we picked this game in a matter of, what, 15 seconds? We just went <laughs> went through the schedule and said, I don't know, Eagles, Cowboys, what are we going to do here? Anyway, we settled on the Giants and the Vikings in Minnesota. The Giants are plus five and a half, the over under 48 and a half. So, uh, Chris, let's start with you. I mean, you, okay. you, you've got to pull up the socks a little bit in comparison to ray and i ray is seven and five i'm five and seven you're four and eight so who do you like in this game well you know major league baseball player goes four for 12 and everyone thinks it's great he's hitting 333 and that's fantastic yeah not so good uh, not so good for me even though people say i look like alejandro kirk when i'm running around out there so um i'm this one, this is a tough one, right? Because the obviously a huge emotional win for the Vikings last week. They're coming home, perfect letdown spot against a Giants team that's uh, that overachieved early on and then hasn't been very good as of late. However, every Minnesota Vikings game is different. Every Minnesota <laughs> Vikings game is the same. It's usually within three points. I'm not counting on that Vikings team to cover five and a half. Just give me the Giants on the spread. Wow. Okay, Raymond. I won't. You know we have to. Yeah, yeah. The there's going to be some teasing, and there's, we yeah, just okay, have to because you don't yeah. get to the top of the heap and change your your strategy here. Now it's it's yeah, a right. rather dubious heap, I might say. So, but I'm going to uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to tease this baby, and so I'm going to I'm going to take the Giants plus eleven and a half. So I'm going to I'm going to bump it up that way, and I'm going to go over forty two and a half. Mm. 
Interesting. I'm taking the Giants as well, but I and I, but I gotta say, Chris is right. The Vikings, they just yeah, it's like a mixed bag of whatever every week. Yeah, it's, it's just it, it, I keep it plain and simple, straight up Giants for me. And and based on what we saw from the Vikings, I just can't imagine that they're going to feed off what they accomplished what last week, which was remarkable to say the least. All right, Chris Abbott, we'll let you get back to family, my friend. Thanks for doing this, squeezing us in and. You have a safe and uh, Merry Christmas. Same to you guys. Always a pleasure. Same thing goes to everybody watching and listening. I guess we'll catch up after the big guy comes. I don't know, Ray. I mean, look, if people are listening to the podcast, they can't see Chris Abbott in Newfoundland. But I mean, dad's kind of cave looks nice and cozy. You know, it's Dude. it's decked out in wood. You've got the pool table there. Abs looks like he is pitted in for a very good, comfortable holiday. And we're recording this episode 26 on Thursday, the 22nd of December. And I don't know about you, man, but I'm looking forward. I mean, everybody, most people look forward to Christmas, but just the idea of not having to think about anything other than family and spending time with the kids and doing that. I, I'm looking forward to the break. I need to shut my brain off for a few days. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's time for sure. It's uh, It feels a little more normal, you know, than... Yeah the past yeah. couple and you know we've got uh, some friends coming over on the 24th and we've got another dinner on the 25th and i'm looking forward to being able to sit here on christmas morning without anywhere to go and to you know hang out with our with my family and we've also got the grandkids that are just ah, so they are pumped for, <laughs> for santa so we're uh we're excited for all of it so we're looking forward to it and i love the time of year i've been working at it for working on this time of year for mm -hmm. well over a decade so this will be different looking forward to not doing anything i agree you guys have a safe and merry christmas and i'm looking forward post christmas to hearing some of the stories of how inventive creative you got in elf on the shelf i mean i want to know i want the details of where you stuffed that bag. yeah the uh, the elf's been busy He's been he's been busy. He shows up in some strange places. We shouldn't be talking about it. There are kids listening to the podcast. I mean, the elf finds you know just the elf cool is the spots thing. to it land. Really is. Occasion, yeah. So, Dregs, you and Holly and Mason and Katie have a great Christmas, and uh, to everyone listening, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and be safe, enjoy, and hope you get a chance to see your families. And a big shout out to our partners who make this podcast possible. Our title sponsor, good friends at Canadian Club Whiskey, who are asking, are you over beer by Boston Pizza? Get it delivered or pick it up. Just let Boston Pizza do your cooking tonight. And by Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. The game starts now. By Doer.ca, you're going to get 15% by using the code RND15. Yes, you will save 15% off everything. Check them out at doer.ca. That is episode 26 of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. We're back on Tuesday. And as Ray has suggested, be well, be safe, and have a Merry Christmas, everybody.